Hey everyone, I'm your host, Allie, and welcome to Behold Women at the Table. Behold is a community of women dedicated to beholding Jesus to transform the world around them. We want to pursue God's heart, create positive change, and commit to our God-given destinies with passion and joy. So continue listening for our newest episode. Well, hey, everybody. Happy 2021 and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited because across from me today, again, I have my good friend Anna here. Hi, it is so good to be back and (laughs) happy new year. Anna is my travel buddy. We have been to several countries at this point together, one of my closest friends. But today we are talking about a super light not heavy at all topic. We are talking about wilderness seasons and maintaining a heart of expectancy before the Lord. Oh, joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really am excited yeah. about no, same. about all of this. Um, but, same. You know. Yeah. No, this is one of those topics that I am, I genuinely am excited to talk about, but definitely hits nerves because I have found myself in a perpetual seeming wilderness season this year and with expectancy waiting on the Lord's promises um, for years and and just waiting and hoping and believing and kind of maintaining that faith and maintaining a healthy heart of expectancy. It's yeah. (laughs) Waiting is just never easy. No. And or fun. Yeah. That's I think the clincher behind it. Yeah. It's just not yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think with waiting, it's just, we just love to put our own timelines onto God. And so, right? So in that, it's like, well, God, if it doesn't happen in six months, then it must not be you. And God never once described that six months to his promise. But in my mind, I'm like, well, this makes sense. So it must be. <laughs> <laughs> And God's like, um, not really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are always fun moments. <laughs> yeah, when, I think once we realize that God's timeline and our timeline don't always coincide yeah. with one another, yeah. um, it makes it a little easier to yeah. wait. Yeah. Um, because it's no longer on us. Like, I'm just putting that burden on, yeah. on God. Okay, well, your yeah. promise, you figure it out and you're going to make it happen. Yeah. And I mean, just as you were talking, I was thinking about actually probably one of my more recent wilderness seasons, which I, I mean, for me, I definitely have felt like there has been a, a long wilderness season I've walked through with like respites and just like moments of, okay, like thankfully God and his faithfulness has led me to a a body of water in the midst of it. Right. And so I have had these like moments of oasis, but also just this wilderness season and seeming and feeling so drained from it. And I remember yeah. you were actually a pivotal person in the most recent wilderness season I experienced where it was just a season of not hearing, not feeling mm-hmm. like I was hearing from the Lord, not feeling like I could sense his presence and I knew a direction for life and just feeling really kind of lost in that and and those moments of God where are you right I thought you called me here and now I'm here and I feel alone Mm -hmm. and I feel sad and I feel like in a moment that you should be closest to me you feel farthest from me and processing that and I mean thankfully having you having friends Mm -hmm. in my life and and people in my life who are willing to just 
constantly encourage me to keep pursuing the Lord and keep running after him and pursuing the things he's placed on my heart and reminding me who he called me to be and reminding me who what he spoke over me it was such a I I don't know that I would have successfully made it out Mm -hmm. of wilderness seasons without friends like you and just friends that were willing to walk that walk with me right yeah no I I think um you know we're not meant to walk this walk alone Jesus never meant for us to just be a little island all on our own. He built us and made us for that community. Yeah. Our, our souls, our spirits long for community and for all that that entails. So I think it's very important to have those people that are going to walk beside you. Yeah. Because we're not always in wilderness, desert seasons yeah. at the same time as each other. So it may be a moment where I'm at that oasis or that mountaintop or I just got to my promised land, whatever that looks like. Um, so I see the fulfillment of a promise fulfilled yeah. and I'm there rejoicing in it. But I I can see a friend that's not and yeah. I can encourage them, you know, like, yeah, I've been there. I've done yeah. that. But God is faithful. Yeah. And he will. Yeah. Um, fulfill his promises to us yeah so um i think that's one of the most important things is to find those people that you can surround yourself yeah. with that will lift you up raise you up and say yeah. hey let's get through yeah. this together um, yeah and to remind you like you're saying of who god is yeah because i think you, you know this summer we read through jen wilkins book in his image and none like him And I think reading None Like Him was just an awakening moment for me of being able to speak into wilderness seasons who God truly is and having those people in my life reminding me that when I am doubting God, that's not a reflection of his character at all because God never lies. God is sovereign. God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. You know, he's he's all of these things that a wilderness season will tempt me to not believe. Right. Or those waiting seasons will tempt me not to mm-hmm. cling to. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the midst of it, just having people around you who will remind you who God is. Yeah. When you feel like he's being silent. And mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. I-, I think probably the most important thing during a wilderness season is to not diminish the time you spend in the word. That just yeah. because you don't feel necessarily feel God doesn't mean he's not going to speak to you through his word and that you shouldn't still pursue his heart in his word. Right. I feel like sometimes God does speak to us loudest when we are in those desert seasons, when we are in those moments of desperation or fear, anxiety, whatever it is, Um, and God is trying to, but because we feel like I don't hear you. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. So I'm going to listen to the next new podcast. I'm going to listen to everyone else. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to go and do and see. Um, We don't take those times to kind of just sit Mm. and just listen to that still small voice. Um, I've been, I've spent some time just pondering about desert seasons and um especially after i went through a a pretty big one that i felt like just lasted literally forever (laughs) (laughs) um and 
I started focusing on, on some of those desert seasons that people mm-hmm. in scripture went through. Yeah. Um, you know, Moses and the Israelites yeah. coming out of Egypt and being in the desert and their disobedience causing them to stay 40 years in the desert. I yeah. do not want my disobedience <laughs> to cause me to be in any desert for 40 years. Oh, same. Um, but then you can go to someone like Elijah and yeah. coming off of a mountaintop experience of yeah. seeing God at work and then running for his life and hiding in a desert. Yeah. And in the wilderness. And being at that moment and not hearing God's voice and it wasn't the rushing wind it wasn't the thunderclap it wasn't anything big or booming it was that still small voice yeah um and sometimes we have to be brought out to those desert seasons to those wilderness um even from those mountaintops because in that mountaintop we don't focus we don't really realize that hey that was god or hey um that you know god's trying to speak to me so he has to take us out there he has to take us where there's no other distraction or noise and just kind of you know let us sit there for a little bit um and then tenderly and softly say hey i'm right here yeah. I haven't left you. You know, Elijah was so afraid at that time. He thought he was the only believer. He thought he was the only one. And, you know, the Lord came in and was like, no. Yeah. I haven't left you. And you're not alone. There's still so many that I have kept safe. Yeah. That I have watched over. My plans are not, you know, done. Yeah. I have not been defeated. Um, everything is good. So um, there is a beauty when you kind of walk through desert seasons with champions of the faith that have walked through those desert seasons as well and to see what their mindset was and then how God came about and and spoke to them regarding it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, to think of that scripture of like such a great cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. that we have championing us on and that, mm-hmm. like you're saying, that we can look to in scripture. And even we have a beautiful example of Jesus in the midst of wilderness yeah. seasons and, and in the midst of him walking through the wilderness and mm-hmm. literally coming face to face with the devil and still being able to speak God's word into and over and know it in those moments. I mean, Yeah. What do you feel like have been some of your most profound revelations in the midst of de- in the midst of desert seasons or wilderness seasons? I think that it is just a season. Yeah. Um, it's not forever. Yeah. It may feel like forever. Yeah. Um, but it's not, and um, also that there's growth in that season. There's preparation. Yeah. In that season, if you allow it. Um, again, you know, when I was looking through the, the three main, main stories in the Bible about desert seasons, I went back to the Israelites, Elijah and Jesus. Yeah. Um, and you can really focus in on any one of them. Um, you know, the Israelites, they kind of messed up real big and they just continued (laughs) to mess up time and time again. Um, and we're like, yeah, no, um, yeah, uh, you know, 
Moses is up in the mountains and it's taking too long. So let's build a calf and, yeah. you know, let's start worshiping that instead of, you know, God yeah. almighty that just parted the Red Sea and let us yeah. walk through it. And, it, you know, there's this pillar of fire every night that's keeping me really warm in this, you know, cloud during the day. And there's manna falling from heaven. I mean, pretty much everything you could want and or need. My clothes are growing with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to go shopping. I don't need to go, you know, do anything other than be. And yeah. still disobedience and disbelief. Yeah. can come in in those seasons and can wreck you and yeah. can really um but for Elijah it was fear it was this yeah. crippling fear that brought him into that desert season yeah. and, and and kept him there for a while um and God in his sovereignty provided for both sets because Elijah was provided to by the ravens yeah you know, there was food brought to him um and then you can focus in on Jesus. And Jesus utilized that as, yes, he was fasting, but it was a time to get closer to God the Father. Mm. Um, and, and the enemy knew that and came and tried, like you said. Yeah. Um, but at the end of that desert season was the beginning of his ministry on earth. Like, what an incredible thing to say, hey, yeah. after my desert season, after being in the desert, I go in and start my full-time ministry. Yeah. Um, it was a catalyst for him. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't, I mean, it's Jesus, so there wouldn't be these moments of sin yeah. <laughs> um, as much as the enemy tried. Yeah. But it wasn't. And I think rather than look at your wilderness season, for me, um, rather than look at it, in this negative light of like it's the desert there's no water there's no food there's nothing here yeah. i just feel let me hunker down let me read the scriptures mm. let me fall in love with god yeah lean on him and grow and see where he takes me on the other side of this season because yeah. it is only a season yeah so I think those are like the biggest things yeah. I've taken. Yeah. No, I love that. And I even think um, something something that the Lord had really spoke to me in the midst of a wilderness season was to not camp out there mm. deliberately, was to not just camp out and make my home in the wilderness season out of comfort or out of fear even. Because I think also... Yeah, I think sometimes I can become so comfortable in my discontentment and in my dry seasons that that tends to become more of an identity than the future or the reality that God wants and has for me. And so even in that, I felt like God was really just trying to show me that, I mean, his promised land is always going to be better. Yeah. The outcome is you know, deeper intimacy and closeness and this depth with him, but to not camp out there out of comfort. And I think of um, the two tribes of Israel who ended up staying on the wilderness side 
of the Jordan and how they didn't go into the fullness of the promised land out of comfort or because they felt like what they needed was that land because it meshed well enough with their identity, not thinking that what the Lord had for them over the Jordan was going to be so much better and so much more fulfilling than what they could ever dream or imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. It's very easy to stay stagnant. Yeah. Rather than, I'm going to fight to get out of my desert season. Because sometimes you just have to walk to get out of it. Yeah. You can't just sit and be like, well, I'm going to sit on this rock and this is where I'm going to be. You have to get up and go and look for water. And you have to go and um, keep it moving. Yeah. You know, God doesn't call us to be stagnant um, in our walks with him. Yeah. Yeah, like the Israelites in the midst of their wilderness season. I, just as you're speaking, this is I'm this is coming to mind. The Israelites still had to travel from camp to camp to camp. It wasn't like they could just sit in the wilderness and God was going to bring the Jordan to them or bring the promised land to them. God was saying, no, I'm taking you through the wilderness in a very strategic way mm-hmm. so that you will ultimately be equipped and you will ultimately be strong enough to walk into what I have for you. Right. And I think so often, I, I know for me, I get so focused on like the to-do list of what it would take to get out of the wilderness that I actually lose sight of the beauty of it and I lose mm-hmm. sight of the lessons that I can learn in an attempt to just get to my promised land. Right. And I think, yeah, in sitting with and recognizing that God's journey through the wilderness for us is so strategic and so purposeful. Yeah that there are lessons for us to learn there. I mean, I think it just, yeah, speaks to, it would just be so easy. And it would have been easy for the Israelites to just kind of plop down on the ground and just stomp their feet and, you know, have their temper tantrums about having to stay in the wilderness, which, I mean, some of them literally did. Mm -hmm. But instead, just the importance of not stopping and the importance of keeping on moving forward. There's a lot to learn yeah. about the Israelites in the desert. Yeah. I mean, it's 40 years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when I talk about seasons, I, I don't know that any <laughs> person has had 40 years of a desert season. Yeah. I mean, someone might be out there. Let us know. <laughs> Please. Um, but not that I know of. So I'm speaking yeah. of my experience and saying they don't last forever. Yeah. And I'm. You know, um, but there is so much to learn when you yeah. look at that that wilderness and that desert walk with the Israelites in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, because being in an uncomfortable position, being in an uncomfortable space, not being able to see your future or knowing that there is a promise yeah. um, that has not been fulfilled brings this mixture of emotions of anxiety of of excitement of expectation of longing of that can all many of them can be very good feelings but if they're not placed in the right way and they're not honed the right way um they can then fester into bitterness and discontent and anger and and um woe is me because God, did you, and, and doubt, God, did you really say that to me? Did yeah. you really promise? Is that really, are you really good? 
are you really there? Are you really for me? Yeah. Um, so I think when we are in desert seasons, we really have to be very careful about where our heart posture is in that season. Yeah. Um, because that happened to the Israelites, you know, they, they got tired of waiting and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Yeah. You know, think about that. Like you're living in slavery. Yeah. Um, terrible conditions they're killing off your children and you're like well that's better than living in this desert I'd rather go back yeah no I I love what you're saying because I do think that heart posture in the midst of your wilderness is so important because Mm -hmm. it really is the difference of moving forward in bitterness and anger Mm -hmm. or moving forward in freedom and moving forward in the the fullness of what God has for you. Yeah. Internally. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Israelites didn't have to spend 40 years in the desert. Yeah. You know, God showed them the promised land pretty early on. um, And they were afraid. They were afraid of what they saw. They were afraid of their promise. Yeah. Because they didn't believe that the Lord would, would be with them, that the Lord would go with them and allow them to conquer the peoples that were there yeah you know they're like oh there's giants and they can overtake us and they can do all these things and um we're like gnats in their eyes and yes it's flowing with milk and honey yes it's everything god has said but yeah there are giants and we're never going to conquer them yeah and when most of the people are like, yeah, no, I'd rather just stay right here where I am in a desert than have to go and fight for my blessing. Yeah. God was like, all right, 40 years it is then. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of let you know. Yeah. You don't want to go in? <laughs> Got 40 years staying right where you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a very real way. I unfortunately feel like I can relate to the Israelites so much (laughs) because I remember I had this one moment and it was a few years ago, probably like two years ago, actually, 2018. And I felt like I've, I just had this sense in my spirit that I was, I was leaving the wilderness and I was walking, I was about to walk into some promised land fulfillment and I remember I was, I had dropped my brother off at the airport and I was driving home and I was just processing all of that. And I started sobbing at the idea that I would be walking into a promised land. Mm. And it was such, it was one of those wild moments for me because something that I had been praying for, something that I had been fasting and interceding and, and just believing the Lord for felt like it was about to happen. But like you're saying, the fear of what that would entail was so overwhelming that I remember driving home in my car crying, saying, I don't think I can do this. I don't know that I want it. Can I stay in this position? And I think God in his grace, I mean, I didn't end up walking into that promised land fulfillment, but I think in his mercy sent me back to a wilderness season to continue to refine my character and my heart Mm -hmm. so that I would be able to then walk into the promised land, not conditionally, not thinking that the promise was conditioned on conditional on my response or my obedience or or anything like that. And I mean, I'm still in it, you know? So now two years later, kind of on the other side of that crying out to God, wanting to stay Mm -hmm. moment, 
sometimes kicking myself, but yeah. also sometimes recognizing that the lessons I've learned from him in these two years since that moment have been so profound and so beautiful that if I get to carry these into that promised land and if I get to leave this wilderness and take these with me, it will truly transform. Yeah, and he's so good Yeah, at walking us through those seasons. Yeah. Like, yes, we didn't, you didn't necessarily walk through it the way he had said for you to walk through it. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't negate the fact that he hasn't walked with you yeah. through this new yeah. season. That he hasn't held your hand Yeah. and said, I'm here. Let's keep moving. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of, of who God is for us. Um, leaving a, a wilderness season a couple of years ago, um, and I literally was in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I was. I was in Jordan. I was um, totally in a desert season, and I, I remember going and having this expectation of like, all right, God, you're physically bringing me to the desert. Yeah. Um, but there's this excitement and this richness of I'm going as a form of, um, it was almost like a symbolism of, okay, I'm in the desert, not only spiritually speaking, but yeah. physically speaking. Um, and you could see the promised land from where I was in Jordan, yeah. which is really very cool. Um, and uh, at one point I was at the Sea of Galilee, which is, in both the pro you know in Israel and Jordan, um, not the Sea of Galilee, sorry, the um, Dead Sea. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and being like, "Okay, that is the Promised Land. That is what the children of Israel would have seen. That is it." Wow. Um, and having such a season of God being like, "All right, well then step into what I have," but stepping into what He had meant I had to let go of something that was near and dear to me. Yeah. Something that I did not expect. And literally I came back to New York and it was like sucker punched and a very tough season when it came to work. And I left my job, which I was at for five years in a very hurtful manner. Um, a place I didn't want to let go or leave yeah. but I knew God was like nope it's done your season is over you need to close this door and walk away wow but closing that door walking away and stepping into a very much so unknown like I quit my job not having another job in place yeah. and was like all right God I, I don't know what you're doing yeah I don't understand it I know I'm hurt I know this isn't what I wanted I know this is is difficult and walking through a full year of serious uncertainties when it came to my job and provision from the yeah. Lord, 100%, even through the pandemic, um, where I was working every day while most people had no job, Yeah. thank God, um, to getting a position that's really great and, um, you know, good for my career, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that has also been a year of joy and peace and um, wow. fulfillment of God's promises of saying like had I remained at the other job through a pandemic I don't know that I would have had the job security that I currently have I don't know that I would have made and meant ends meet 
um, didn't mean that walking into my promised land was easy because it yeah. wasn't. I had to fight for it. Yeah. Um, and I had to really blindly trust God because that was not what I saw coming yeah. out of my promised land. Like, <laughs> that was definitely not it. I was like, oh, the Lord will provide a husband and the Lord will provide, you know, all these other things <laughs> that in mm-hmm. my head, I was like, that, those are my promised lands. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty happy yeah. at my job. And God's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> Switching jobs, careers. Like, yeah. I, you know, moved from... Working 15 minutes from my house to working an hour away. Yeah. All right, God. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, <laughs> I will do it. And and here I am now. Um, so, yeah. All that to say that sometimes walking through, uh, even in your promised land, is scary. Yeah. But God is with you in yeah. that fearful moment. Just like he's with you when you're hesitant. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to. And you freeze. It's our natural response to freeze in moments of fear, terror, and unknowns. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, one of the books that helped me so much in my seasons of wilderness, and I can't remember who gifted it to me at the time, but it was just, it's Heinz Feet on High Places. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those aside from the Bible, it was just one of those books that just felt like it was written for me. And it just spoke directly to my soul. And and the whole premise of Hind's Feet on High Places is this uh, girl, Much Afraid, is her name. And Mm -hmm. she is promised a new body and this new reality from Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so it's her journey to the high places. It's essentially the promised land Mm -hmm. and at the promised land she gets renamed grace and glory and Mm -hmm. so it's this whole process of her making her way to the high places but all of the in-between is the wilderness seasons is like um leaning on suffering and sorrow and and just these these vital lessons in the midst of those seasons that she could have gone to the high places. I mean, the book kind of references it. Like she could get to the high places in a few days, but instead what she does is she goes through the wilderness and there's this, this quote in it and uh, it's Jesus. It's the good shepherd. And he says, he answers very quietly, much afraid. Do you love me enough to accept the postponement and the apparent contradiction of the promise and to go down there with me into the desert? And much afraid looked up through her tears and said, trembling, I do love you. You know that I love you. Oh, forgive me because I can't help my tears, but I will go down with you into the wilderness right away from the promise if you really wish it. Even if you cannot tell me why it has to be, I will go with you. For you know I do love you, and you have the right to choose for me anything you please. Hmm. And that quote is one that has just stuck with me so much because there's so much there. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like we can, and just like Much Afraid does in this story, I mean, she's literally looking at the place that will be the fulfillment of everything she's desired. And Jesus is asking her, and showing her that the way isn't actually what she thought it was. Yeah. It's not the short route. It's through this wilderness. It's through the desert. Yeah. And I just love this idea even of 
looking up to him in tears and her trembling, saying, you know that I love you and forgive me because of these tears. I'll go down with you into the wilderness right away from the promise if that's what you really wish. And I just think even in that, sometimes we can have this idea that we have to have a bravado with the wilderness and we have yeah. to go in kind of ready to fight and ready to you know, be strong and courageous mm -hmm. in all of these moments. But a lot of times what the wilderness does is create these deep, raw, emotional moments with the Lord where you are, you are just growing so close mm. to Him and you are just having these really deep conversations yeah. with Him. And just e even in that, like the idea of really what the wilderness often feels like is walking in the direct opposite way of the promised land yeah. and of the fulfillment. But also in recognizing that while that might not make sense to us, kind of what we were talking about, about timing before, it's the path that God has for, for us, right. for me. And so in that, my yes to him mm -hmm. has to be so much bigger than my yes to the promised land. Right. So my yes to him has to, and my desire for more of him has to be so much more important in the midst of that than my desire for whatever promised land he's having me walk into. Yeah. And that's not always easy. No, not ever. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to be polite about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's not an easy concept. Yeah. Um, at all. Um, so to kind of go into the next question, how would you identify or how can you identify when you're in a wilderness season? I think when you have this intimacy with the Lord and... Um, this whole um, growth process that you're with him on um, you start to understand the different seasons yeah. and see them in different lights in different ways um, because you can be in like this incredible moment of being in God's word every yeah. day and all of the time and have this closeness and the intimacy and just this sweet time with Jesus and then a couple of days a couple of months later it's like yeah God where are you and I feel like sometimes it is that feeling of like okay God where are you um, I know for myself some of the biggest desert seasons that have taken me through to some of my biggest like pivotal moments with God yeah. have been seasons where I literally am like, God, are you even there? Because yeah. I can't hear you. And as much as I try to quiet my heart and my soul and my mind, I'm still like, God, I do not hear you. Um, yeah. So for me, it's almost like that, that part of, I don't feel you. I don't hear you. Are you there, God? Yeah. Um, moments where it just feels like I'm so separate from everyone else and everything else. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of a way that I would, I would. Um, yeah. No, and and I agree. I think, I think for me too, it's those moments. I don't know that I find myself aware I'm walking into a wilderness season. I feel like 
I've just found myself in them, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. I don't yeah. think I ever am like, oh, yes, today <laughs> yeah. I'm walking through. Yeah. I'm going to walk into the yeah. desert today. Yeah. Like, um, I can't recall a time where I feel like the Lord has said, hey, you're about to enter into a wilderness season to yeah. me and kind of then it like start the next day. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it's been those progressive kind of moments of exactly what you're saying. All of a sudden I'm realizing, oh God, where are you? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you're here with me. It feels yeah. like you've abandoned me. Mm-hmm. It feels like you've left me and it feels like I can't hear your voice. Yeah. And I feel like that just to, I mean, second what you said. And I, because I, sometimes you can feel like that on one day and then the next day you're like, okay, God, yeah. Yeah. I was just having an off day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I feel like the desert seasons are definitely some of those that you have to fight almost. Yeah. To be in God's presence. Yeah. Not that you do because God is with us, but where we actually have to say, you know what, I, I'm making this conscious decision to read the scriptures, to pray, even when I don't feel like it, because I feel like that's a big component of desert seasons. Yeah. Where I'm just like, my Bible is right next to my bed, but I'm just too tired to open it. Yeah. Or, oh, I fell asleep last night before praying. Oops. Yep. You know? Um, <laughs> oh, another episode of, you know. <laughs> yeah, of anything else. Yeah. And just be like, oh, I was playing my game and yeah. I just fell asleep doing that or reading a really good book. Yep. Oh, I'll get through one more chapter and then I'll read yep. the scriptures. Um, all of those, are, I think, are components of desert seasons because it's where we have to tell our spirit. Like, no. Yeah. I'm going to to push into um, reading the word. I'm going to push myself to pray and yeah. to have my quiet time and to really be consistent with it rather than just being like, oh, if it happens today, yeah. it happens. Um, yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about Jesus's walk through his own mm-hmm. wilderness and kind of comparing that to Adam and Eve. And so when Adam and Eve are, are kind of confronted by the devil, and the devil is saying, well, did God really say? Yeah. And Eve kind of, Eve doesn't say verbatim what the Lord told her and Adam. Right. And, and then, you know, flash forward to, fast forward rather to Jesus in the midst of the wilderness, and the enemy is, Attempting. Yeah, the enemy is tempting him in the same way by saying, did God really say? And, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z for you. And Jesus is responding, no, the word of God says. Mm. No, God says. And I think it is so easy in the midst of a wilderness to say, well, I don't feel you, God, so I'm not going to seek a deeper relationship. I'm not going to continue to pursue but to look at Jesus and say in the midst of his wilderness that he walked through, he was still able to look at the enemy and say, God says. Right. Yeah, and yeah. just the importance of carrying that through and into a wilderness season, I think is so, so important. Because God's word ultimately has to get in us or else every single time doubt or fear come against that, it's, mm-hmm. you know, will become anxiety will creep in and fear will creep in and God doesn't want us walking around anxious or fearful or doubting. Right. 
God wants us confident in who he is and confident in what he's called us to. It's especially if we already feel like he's not there. Yeah. You know, what a what an open door for the enemy to just come in and yeah. be like, well, that's because he's not, you yeah. know. Um, the enemy is a liar. And, yeah. And he wants us to doubt God and he wants us yeah. to to doubt ourselves and our walk with the Lord. And um, what greater weapon to have than the scriptures and be like, no, no, this yeah. is truth and this is light. Yeah. And um, really just like take hold of it. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of going in this in this thought, what are some practical tips that you would give or you would say for walking in wilderness seasons? Um, again, a yeah. big one would really be to meditate on the scriptures, to be yeah. very, I mean, as consistent as you can be with um, your quiet time. And yeah. Some people... Early mornings works really, really well for them. Some yeah. people. Um, I'm more of a night person. Yeah. Like I like to settle myself in and kind of end off my day and just yeah. be like, all right, this is my time. Because, yeah, I should probably get to bed and I should probably <laughs> go to sleep. But there's no time limit for me. Um, yeah. So I don't feel rushed. In the mornings, I'm just, yeah, yeah, no, not a morning person. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Um, so to be as consistent as you can with yeah. yourself, um, on, you know, your quiet time with the Lord and, and our body doesn't want to do that. You know, we have to, yeah. we have to push ourselves, um, sometimes and say, no, no, I, I have to, I have to spend time with the Lord. I have yeah. to read those scriptures, even if it's just a Psalm, yeah. a, a proverb. There's 31 proverbs. <laughs> Can read a proverb yep. a day, you know, yeah. for most months. Some some months you're just gonna have to double up. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them. Um, or for me, I, I love the Old Testament because yeah. I love the story behind it. Um, so I just kind of pick a person and kind of read their entire story. Yeah, it's almost like reading a book. Yeah. If I do it that way. Yeah. Some people are like, I just can't get it and it's just too much. Picks a person. Yeah. And then read their story. Yeah. Whether it's David or Gideon or, um, and then kind of go that way. Find what works best for you and how you're going to understand the Bible the best way. Um, and accountability. Yeah. To those around you. Just be like, you know what? This is my season right now. This is this is what I'm walking through, and yeah, and I need that prayer, that accountability, the vulnerability, with people that you trust and confide in, and um, believers that are gonna yeah. pick you up through that. You know, yeah, um, you're not gonna tell your coworker that has no idea about <laughs> God. Um, I'm walking through a desert right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, hold me accountable to reading my Bible. Yeah. I mean, you could, they, you know, but. Uh, when you tell another believer that one, yeah, <laughs> there is that whole sense of, you know, they're really praying for you yeah. <laughs> through that. Yes. Um, so those are the things I would really say. Uh, and, and show yourself grace yeah. through those things as well. Um, don't beat yourself up if you didn't read the Bible in the morning. Yeah. You know, this. I'm, I'm a day behind on my <laughs> Bible study at the moment. <laughs> Thank God for Saturdays because they're grace days, which are catch-up days. That's awesome. <laughs> so tonight I get to read up my catch-up yeah. from this week. 
Um, yeah. And I think we have to give ourselves grace days because some days are super long and they're stressful and they're hard. And you get home and you just pass out. Yeah. You know, not because you didn't want to be in the scriptures, not because you didn't want to spend that quiet time. It just got crazy. But don't condemn yourself and be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't do it. Yeah. So now I'm just going to give up. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Give yourself that grace and say, you know what? I'm just going to keep on going. Yeah. And Saturday is my grace day. Yeah. Uh, and it's a Sabbath. And yeah. I'm going to find rest in that. I'm going to read it on that day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that idea of just giving yourself grace. Because I, I, think, I think the practical advice that I would say is kind of is what you had said earlier, reminding yourself that it's just a season, that mm-hmm. you're not going to be in a wilderness forever, mm-hmm. that God really hasn't forsaken you and he hasn't left you behind. And while you are feeling and you are experiencing this right now, it is not your forever, yeah. that God has better for you. And I think the best way to do that is in community and not to say, like you're saying, not to tell every single person you encounter, Hey, I'm in a wilderness season, Mm -hmm. but to have those few people that you can confide in, that you can be vulnerable with and just say, Hey, this is a really hard time. I'm, I'm walking through this and hold me accountable and also give me grace Mm -hmm. and also love me through this season. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no shame in being, in a desert season. Yeah. It's not like this place is, yeah. oops, I'm in trouble. You exactly. know, it's not time out. That's the exactly. thing. It's not time out. No. Um, <laughs> going back to being a child, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so there's no shame in that season. It's really just a season. Yeah. And it can be a season of growth. It yeah. can be a season of learning. And it can be a season, you know, when Jesus went into the wilderness. Yeah. Um, he went in fasting and praying. It was his time to get away. And and you see Jesus do this a lot in scripture is he separated himself and went into the desert to have that quiet time with with um yeah. God the Father. So if we use him as an example instead of the Israelites, yeah. <laughs> we can see that the right thing to do during the desert season, during a wilderness season is to build on that intimacy with with God the Father, with yeah. Jesus, and really focus in yeah. on spending that time with them rather than sulking and complaining yeah. um, and stomping our feet. Yeah, yeah. And I think I would add to that not being afraid to process your emotions about the wilderness season mm. with God yeah. and not sitting in your anger or sitting in your sulking or sitting in your stomping your feet but actually processing that with God and in the midst of it being willing to say to him okay I'm really frustrated I'm really angry that I can't hear you but then also on the other end of that reminding yourself of the truth that he speaks Mm. I think wilderness seasons are the most pivotal moment to be speaking God's truth directly into your life and your circumstances because I mean it's always good to be doing that, but I feel like in those moments when it's so easy to feel yeah. like God has abandoned you or God isn't listening, and it's so easy to sit in your emotions and just kind of camp out in the wilderness, you have to go about it by speaking God's word mm-hmm. and recognizing that 
the expectancy you feel for the promised land is actually a healthy thing that God has placed in you. It's not to hurt you. It's not to Mm -hmm. harm you. And it's not to make you feel like he's never going to be faithful. So you'll have this desire forever. Mm. I think when our heart aligns with God and then God gives us the desires of our hearts, like God has placed that hunger and that expectancy there for a reason, but our hearts have to be submitted to him and surrender to him and his will and his process. Yeah. And so it's like that, that hunger, that desire is there for a reason. It's not just there for us to feel left out unseen and unheard. So kind of going off of that, let's talk about the difference between hope and expectations? Mm. These are some really good questions. I don't know. Like, an expectation is, to me, it's almost like I expect you to do something, Alex. Yeah. I expect it to happen, and I almost expect it to happen in a specific way. Yeah. Um, well, I hope is a a deep desire yeah you know um like it i don't know i don't know if i can explain it well um yeah but yeah yeah no because i wonder if it's if sometimes we can almost feel guilty about expecting things from god Mm -hmm. but then on the other hand i sometimes think hope what i think of with hope is that scripture that it's like hope deferred makes the heart sick. But what I attach to hope is this unspoken, deep heart desire. Yes. And so while I can verbalize, yes, I expect, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I expect. There you go. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going with (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot harder to explain. No, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, because hope is this like deep desire that you have, um, this longing. Yeah. You know, um, as an an expectation is almost like, I expect it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like this more certainty to it, or certainty to whomever you're expecting this from. Yeah. I expect you to give me this gift. As yeah. compared to like, I'm hoping you give me a gift at the end of all of yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think also, I mean, it, this could be so not right, but I'm going to go for it. I think our expectations of God are grounded in our hope mm-hmm. of who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I can have an expectation of somebody I can have an expectation of you and a hope of our friendship. Yeah. But God, I can have an expectation of him because he's unchanging, mm-hmm. because he never lies, because he never changes his mind, because he is who he says he is. And all of those things are founded on the hope that I have in him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually very good yeah because I think I mean one of the questions we got is somebody saying they often feel guilty when they expect things from God and she asks and she hopes but she tries not to expect I almost wonder if we can attach how we hope and expect in our human lives like Mm -hmm. with other humans Mm -hmm. to God and then hope and expect like we come at our relationship with Jesus with those differences as well yeah with hope and respect. 
because I think going back to that question there, um, like you said, we hope or we expect it, God to do things because of the hope we have in him. Yeah. Um, the hope of, of who he is, you know, who he says he is, unchanging, faithful, um, good, yeah. and big. Yeah. <clears throat> As compared to when we expect, I don't think we need to feel guilty um, you know, expecting the Lord to be our provider. Yeah. Um, like expecting the Lord to, um, be our comforter. Yeah. Expecting the Lord to, to be our peace. Yeah. Um, expecting the Lord to be good Mm -hmm. or to be big. Um, when we really focus in on the character and the nature of God, um, our expectations are for him to fulfill those things as compared to a human being that will fail many of those expectations. Um, Yeah. So I I don't think you need to feel guilty with expecting God to be any of those things um, because that's just his character and his nature. So do you think there's a difference then between like expectation and desire? I think they're, they're very similar. Mm. words um like desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen as compared to expectation being a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future Um, so i think those two words are uh between belief and wish yeah um that's probably the difference. With a desire, you wish it to be yeah. reality, expectation. You, you're um, desiring it to be. Yeah. Uh, you're believing that it will be with expectation. Sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So when you focus in on those two words, like a wish is just like, yeah. I don't know. For me, a wish is kind of almost flighty. Yeah. Um, with an expectation is I believe that this is actually going to happen. Like, I believe that that whatever was said will come to fruition. I think I approach my desires recognizing that, I don't know, I could... I could desire, I mean, I do desire like a million dollars, but do I expect a million dollars? No, but I also recognize that that desire is based in a very, in a mindset that thinks that wealth is necessary for status or wealth is what will give me what I want. And so I think it's, it's an important, it's important to look at your desire and say, is this desire submitted to God? Because right. is, if this desire is submitted to God and if this desire is from him, then I feel like desire and expectation can kind of be expect- yeah. Uh, interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. Where, and even with hope. So mm-hmm. I can hope for those desires of my heart to come to fruition. But I think, you know, it, it's, it's, I get frustrated when people 
abuse that God grants us the desires of our heart scriptures. Mm -hmm. Because I think first and foremost, our desires, what that scripture means is, yes, God's granting us our desires, but our heart is in a posture towards him. So it's not right. like God's going to grant us these desires that we just want randomly. Mm -hmm. He's granting us the desires that he has placed within us. Right. And so I think in that, it's just the difference of a heart posture. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because I think like your desires can change based upon you. Yeah. You know? I think it is a really interesting conversation to get into because there is this difference and like while we can use those words very interchangeably it really does come from a posture of the heart yeah um I, so I'm, I'm also just thinking and processing through wilderness seasons and expectation and hope and all of these awesome things and do you think that in the wilderness season or even in just a normal day-to-day -day life do you think within that season there are moments for gratefulness as opposed to expectation or vice versa? I think there's always moments for gratefulness. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. You know, if we're grateful for what we have today, it changes the posture of our heart. Yeah. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. We aren't guaranteed uh, a roof over our head and you yeah. know, all of these things. Um, it's God's goodness to be our provider, to give yeah. us these things. So when we have gratefulness, whether we're in a desert season, whether it's hard and tough, you know, uh, whatever the season could be, the loss of a family member, the, the, the struggle of losing your job, yeah. um, the Lord brings people alongside of you for whatever reason. Yeah, so just being grateful, um, I think really does change your heart posture yeah in so many different ways and um because we're not always getting what we want yeah right then and there yeah um we don't get what we deserve either yeah um but when we're grateful for what we have received for the little blessings of true friendship yeah of of help, you know, in the last season that we left, you know, there's yeah. so many people that didn't have that, um, uh, of freedom. Yeah. The ability to actually just be here. Yeah. Um, talking about Jesus and having our Bibles wide open and not yeah. fear of, Hey, somebody's going to find out this, is what we're doing and we might lose our freedom or, and, or our lives. Um, but when we're grateful for those little things, I think it changes our heart posture. Yeah. And um, so for me, I think there's always a season. It's always good to be thankful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there should be an expectancy during your desert season because it has to end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so since it has to end, yeah, there is a promised land on the other side. There is a promise. Um, there is a mountaintop. Yeah. Whatever that might look like. Like I said before, mine did not look like what I thought it was going to look yeah. like at all. Um, but that's God's sovereignty. It, it's not my timeline. It's not my plan. Um, it's his. Yeah. And I just kind of, 
I have to go with the flow of that. Yeah. And trust God through through all of that. And yeah. Like, all right, you're you're sovereign. I am not. Yeah. I will go. Yeah. I think um, Paul talks about it a lot about carrying this spirit of thanksgiving mm-hmm. and carrying. And just being thankful in all things. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what that looks like is that that's a, that's a posture of my heart. And I wish there was a concrete answer where it was like, mm-hmm. well, certain times thankfulness and gratitude are what is going to move me forward with the Lord. And other times that expectation that, you know, walls of Jericho are going to come tumbling yeah. down mentality or what's going to get me there. But I think we exist in the tension and the mystery for a reason mm-hmm. because God's always calling us into different things. Um, and I do think, like you're saying, that spirit of gratitude, that posture of thanksgiving is so pivotal to consistently have. Because I think if I find myself in the wilderness and I'm not fostering that sense of gratitude, yeah. I end up becoming prideful. And I end up becoming selfish and self-righteous and self-centered. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then that affects my approach to expectation. Yeah. Because now my expectation is not in God being faithful. My expectation is now rooted in, well, I deserve this because I've been through this. And so I feel like gratitude is really kind of that center point from where it comes, how I approach my walk of expectation. Yeah. So true. Yeah. No, that's good, because I do think it's so hard to sit in the middle of a wilderness season or really any any challenging time and be like, okay, I'm grateful for, you know, five things. I mean, mm-hmm. I know even recently I've been trying to I, – I can be – I'm an eight. I can be very critical, and I can look <laughs> at, like, areas that need solving, and, like, that's where I will – I can flow in that and that's awesome. So for me, I've been having to sit a lot and really reflect with God on what are things in my life that I am grateful for as they are. Mm -hmm. And that really does transform the way that I then approach prayer, that I then approach my quiet time with God because it comes from this posture of I have all that I have because of who you are. Mm -hmm. It is not by my works. It is not by my accolades it is not by anything i have done that i have gotten to where i am the only reason i am here is because of you and so if you've placed me in a wilderness season then thank you if you've placed me on the mountaintop then thank you while it may not be the easiest feeling to feel i can still say thank you because i know you work all things together for good i know there will be a purpose and a beauty for this Mm -hmm. in this it goes back to his sovereignty. Yeah. You know, and thanking him for that. So in going off of that, how do you maintain patience when you're waiting on things that you know the Lord has promised you? I don't. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I feel that so much. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I do, but uh, it's not easy. No. It, it, it's not an easy thing to be patient, um, especially when you know that there is a promise that's there. Um, I'm a type two, and I think a type two is kind of a little bit more laid back with those things because we don't want to, like, we just want to help yeah. rather than, like... <laughs> Yeah, find out all of the things and get it done. 
I was just like, all right, well, we'll help in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Um, so there's a piece of me that, because of that, I am very much like, all right, God, well, you said it, so you better figure out a way to kind of yeah, bring it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, I know is not helpful for every other person <laughs> out there. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No. Um, like, I'm literally internally cringing right now at the idea of just saying, I know you'll bring it together somehow, God, and just sitting and doing nothing. <laughs> um, not that I, I sit back and do nothing yeah, either. Yeah. Um, because there is, and listen, does not mean that there aren't those days where I doubt that there aren't those days that I'm frustrated and that I think, you know what, maybe I didn't hear God correctly. Maybe I didn't get that. Maybe maybe this is just all one giant farce and just <laughs> moving on with my life. I feel that. Because um, <laughs> doubt and it can kind of creep in, and, and if you yeah. let it and you sulk in it, it it's just going to get deeper and a deeper hole and a deeper hole. Um, but I, there's something about remembering and... Um, you know, the Lord would tell the Israelites to remember, remember these things. You yeah. know, there's they they would put the stones of remembrance. When you see this, remember. Um, you know, the reason the Passover is still celebrated is because it's a remembrance. Yeah. Of the Israelites' freedom from Egypt. Yeah. And the Lord passing over. Like there's so many things that are done to remind you. Of the goodness of God. Yeah. Um, in scripture, constantly tells you, you know, like, remember um, certain things, you know, certain, th- the things that God has done. Yeah. Um, and the, the times that he's come through. So I think it, it's about really focusing on those things. All right, God, what are you doing? Yeah. What have you done for me in the past? What promises have you been faithful to me in? Yeah. What areas have I seen you working in? Um, and then believing that he's going to do it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bill Johnson will always say in his sermons that he'll keep a notebook mm. filled with the prophetic words that have been spoken over his life and just ways that the Lord has come through for him and and in moments of doubt and in moments of uncertainty, he'll return to that and he'll just read through all of them again. And that is something that has always really stuck out to me because I do think you develop patience by remembering what the Lord has done. Mm-hmm. I, I think even for me, like recently with my dad's salvation, mm-hmm. even in that, seeing how it was so different, so much longer than I thought it was going to take, so different than it was going to look. But even in that, having that staple, and now my dad being in heaven with Mm -hmm. Jesus, that reality has kind of really helped in approaching any other promised land that I'm waiting on and a way out of of wilderness seasons because it's remembering that the Lord is faithful, that he's Mm -hmm. been faithful to me, he's been faithful to my friends, he's been faithful to countless amounts of people, and he's not going to stop now. Because he doesn't change his character mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's not looking at my, you know, wilderness season as as detrimental as it is to me right now. God's not looking at it thinking it's going to destroy me or mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. waiting season is going to destroy me. 
he's looking at it saying, the promises that I have for you and the promised land ahead is so beautiful that this waiting season is so necessary. And while patience for an eight is like literally (laughs) the worst thing in the world, (laughs) it's, it's learning that, learning humbly that God works on a much different timeline than me and his ways are so much better than mine. Right. And it's not always easy. No. You know. No. Um, God, no. (laughs) Patience isn't easy. It doesn't matter what your Enneagram number is or not. Um, It's not. Because when you want something and you're desiring something or you're longing for something um, or a promise fulfilled that the Lord has given you. Yeah. um, You know. You want to see the promise. You, you know, you're like an expected child at Christmas. Yeah. Wanting yeah. that gift. You see it under the Christmas yeah. tree and you're like, um, I just want to open it now. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not fair that I get to see yeah. it. It's right there. I, you know, um, but I have to wait until the day to open it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's the day of, and that's celebration and that's excitement and yeah and everyone is expectant on that day you know yeah and I think also like we're conditioned to think patience looks a very type of way you know like mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. of patience and I think of like I think I'm just supposed to be super content super at <laughs> peace like my voice is not going to raise I'm just going to be patient I'm just going to sit here exactly. and do nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think even in that, it's kind of deconstructing what I think patience should look like mm-hmm. and recognizing mm-hmm. that my patience one day might be a total countenance of peace. Yeah. But the next day, my patience might look like outworking my frustration with God. But in that, him growing the patience. Right. Yeah. This verse in Isaiah Um, And I just kind of wanted to share it with with you all. And it's Isaiah 43. I think it has something to do with this wonderful podcast. (laughs) Maybe possibly just a little one. Um, uh, And it's funny because I'm going to start it off in, in verse 18 where it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the wasteland. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorite verses, and it, it brought yeah. me through my desert season a couple of years ago of just, he's going to make a way, regardless yeah. of what your season is or where you're at. You know, he, he makes rivers in a wasteland. Yeah. Um, and he makes the way in the wilderness yeah uh, even when we don't think it's there even when we can't see the promised land we can't hear him we don't feel him yeah he's there yeah um, you know making that way yeah and, and placing those rivers yeah and when you think of the word wasteland yeah like that is it's not a desert. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a valley. <laughs> it's yeah. a wasteland. Yeah. Like, there is nothing growing there. Um, and yeah. he springs forth rivers 
Yeah. Like what an incredible promise. Yeah. Um, so wherever you are at, whatever your desert season, your wilderness season is, be encouraged that God is at work yeah. in your life, making a way and creating rivers through all of that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's just my, yeah, you know. No, I love that. And of course, love that scripture yeah. so much. Because <laughs> we get to behold yeah. that. Yes. You know? Yeah, so. exactly. Thought that quite fitting for today. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Anna, so much for being on the podcast today. I love talking to you as always. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This of course. is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Behold Women. And if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and rate. We'll see you next time on Behold Women at the Table.